So welcome to Facing Fears and Shifting Gears. Today I want to talk about mindfulness and my eighth Zen principle of good motorcycle riding habits from my book. So chapter eight, Zen motorcycle habit number eight is to practice mindfulness, focusing on what you're doing, when you're doing it, and doing things in the correct order. And I want to read this quote by Lao Tzu, Chinese philosopher, and he says, when you're depressed, you are living in the past. When you're anxious, you're living in the future. When you're at peace, you are living in the present. And this is true. Like, I know I I talk about thinking and planning ahead, but planning for the future is not living there. It's just planning for it. We don't know what the future is. It doesn't exist yet. So when we're worrying about things going wrong in the future, it is just as realistic as fantasizing that you're going to win the lottery. Neither thing has happened yet, and you can't base any solid plans in your life based on your fears or fantasies about the future. So I'm going to read a little bit from chapter 8 of my book. And I start it with saying how I trudged through jobs and relationships mindlessly for years. Sometimes it's hard to live in the present, especially when the present moment sucks. As a child, the present was not a place I wanted to live in. I felt like I was putting everything on hold, waiting for my mother's mind to return, hoping someday her manic depression and schizophrenia would just go away. When that day came, I could finally be happy. As I became an adult, I would find myself looking to the future, hoping to save myself from the present. I think, I'll be happy when I graduate from college, when I get a decent paying job, when I move out of my parents' house, when I find my soulmate, when I make more money, when I buy a house, when I marry my soulmate, when I have kids, when the kids can go to the bathroom by themselves, when the kids can go off to college, when I can get my kitchen remodeled, when I get a divorce, when I retire. I treated my life like it was a series of to-do lists a human doing instead of a human being. Only when I had checked off every single thing on my list could I finally allow myself to relax and be happy. Then I worried about growing old too fast and not having enough time to be happy, as if being happy is a destination. What I needed to learn was to love the process of life. Was I even enjoying the process of pursuing my goals? I don't know if I was even ever asked that. So that's sort of the opposite of mindfulness, is when you're putting a happy state of mind on hold because you're waiting to get through a checklist of things and you're waiting to get to a destination. And when we practice mindfulness and it puts us in the present moment, it kind of takes away from that fear because the only real thing that exists is the present moment. What is mindfulness exactly? And what are mindfulness exercises? So according to the Mayo Clinic, there is an article on their website called um, Mindfulness Exercises and see how mindfulness helps you live in the moment. So what is mindfulness? And according to this website, mindfulness is a type of meditation in which you focus on being intensely aware of what you're sensing and feeling in the present moment without interpretation or judgment. So you're just observing. Practicing mindfulness involves breathing method. Practicing mindfulness involves breathing methods, guided imagery, 
and other practices to relax the body and mind and help reduce stress. Spending too much time planning, problem solving, daydreaming, or thinking negative or random thoughts can be draining. It can also make you more likely to experience stress, anxiety, and symptoms of depression. And if you are basically daydreaming, negative thinking, those are all negative fantasies. It's just like negative fantasizing because none of that, nothing has happened yet that you're worried about so that you're not living in the present moment. And that is what really causes anxiety. So what are some exercises that you can do to be more mindful? Well, um, just pay attention more. It's hard to slow down and notice things when the world is so busy and there's so much stuff going around you and you're being bombarded with so many stimuli. Like my birds right now that won't shut up. Okay, now that I said that, they shut up. (laughs) So um, try to just slow down, pay attention and stop yourself and really, like if you're eating something, really savor the flavors. If you're walking, like kind of stop and notice how the air feels on your skin. You know, how, how does the air outside smell? Finding joy in the simple pleasures is another way to practice mindfulness. So, and I know I mentioned this um, in another podcast, like let's say that the present moment in your life is terrible. Like there are horrible things going on. Maybe a family member is sick and dying. Maybe you've gotten laid off from a job. Maybe somebody just broke up with you, but you don't have to let that take away from it. You know, that moment, like let's say you want to drink your latte and look out the window and you're looking at the sky and the trees and the birds. And it's, it's a very peaceful scene. Like even if there are bad things going on in your life, you can recognize like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah, I'm depressed, but I have this moment to myself where I can sip on my latte and enjoy the view out the window and the sound of the birds singing. Another way to practice mindfulness is to accept yourself for who you are. Treat yourself the way you would treat a good friend. And I have a hard time with this one, I'll tell you. Sometimes the way my inner voice speaks to me, like I would never be friends with someone who speaks to me the way my inner voice speaks to me sometimes. Like I will find myself thinking I hate myself, I'm an asshole, everybody hates me. Like, why, why am I talking to myself this way? I would never, you know, sometimes that is the appropriate emotion for whatever situation you're in. So it's perfectly okay to honor that and say, you know, I'm grieving, I'm sad, let me honor this. Instead of being angry with yourself or frustrated, like, oh, I just want to be happy. You know, we can't really enjoy, enjoy true happiness and true joy when we aren't addressing the things that are creating grief and sadness. And these are all just part of the human experience. It is part of the human experience to experience both joy and sadness. So accept it and focus on your breathing. Let yourself breathe through whatever emotions that you're having. Focus on your breath as it moves in and out of your body. Just, you know, set your timer for a minute, close your eyes and breathe. And it could help you also start developing more mindfulness habits. You know, that's basically meditation, is just sitting in silence. There's also something called a body scan meditation, where you lie on your back 
and just keep your arms like out at your sides with your palms facing up like you're if you've ever taken a yoga class like you're in Shavasana and then just focus your attention slowly and deliberately on each part of your body so I used to do this when we would get into Shavasana when I was a yoga teacher and I'd have everybody sort of lay down and you know starting with your toes and your feet like releasing any tension or energy in your feet and in your toes and then you're working your way up your legs noticing if there's any tension there moving up to your knees but slowly paying attention to every part of your body working your way all the way up to your head and releasing any tension just becoming very mindful are you holding any tension in your belly in your shoulders in your eyeballs even a body scan meditation is another way to uh, practice mindfulness Sitting meditation is just sitting comfortably with your back straight in a chair with your feet flat on the floor and your hands in your lap and you're just breathing through your nose and you're noticing the air coming in and out of your body and noticing any physical uh, sensations or thoughts. Just noticing them and then not analyzing them or overthinking them and then just letting go. And that's the way you can do a sitting meditation. And then a walking meditation is just finding a place. You know, walking meditation is sort of similar if you've ever seen those Zen garden, um, like the sand with the rake. It's just um, a practice in focusing on what you're doing when you're doing it. So the, a walking meditation is just focusing on how you feel as you're walking. Like none of this stuff is very complicated. It's ridiculously simple, but it, for some reason, we don't give ourselves a moment to do these things. And this is how you can practice being a human being instead of a human doing. So they say if you just do one mindfulness turning down the street or going, you know, stopping at a stoplight. Maybe you were meant to drive to the bank and you accidentally find yourself at the grocery store because you're not paying attention to where you're going. So this is basically the opposite of mindfulness. And it is kind of dangerous to do in a car, but this is even more dangerous to do on a motorcycle. And it sounds really simple, but how, how many of us actually are paying attention to the car 100% when you're driving around? I guarantee that you're thinking about your to-do lists and singing your songs or reliving an argument or something while you're driving around. So driving is one of those things that becomes so automatic after you've had a license for many years that we stop becoming mindful when we're doing it. So a little bit more from chapter eight of my book. I wanna talk about how um, when I was learning to ride a motorcycle, how being mindful kind of helped get rid of a little bit of the anxiety, the beginner's anxiety of learning to ride a motorcycle. So in February, 2021, I was having a hard time getting back up on my bike. A few weeks earlier, I dropped my 2021 Zero S electric motorcycle for like the third time. The next time I did get on my bike, I was so nervous I didn't even enjoy myself. That's because I kept thinking about the three times I dropped my motorcycle previously. And all I could think was, whatever you do, don't drop your bike. As soon as my mind starts to wander on the motorcycle, I start scaring myself. I start thinking about all the mistakes I could make and all the things that I could do wrong. When I stop trusting myself, that's how I know I've stopped being mindful. 
When I start to panic on the motorcycle, it's because I'm worried about the mistakes. I want to learn from my mistakes, not relive them. Doing things in the correct order is also par part of mindfulness. You cannot learn to ride a motorcycle if you haven't learned to ride a bicycle. You can't shift gears on a motorcycle without first releasing the throttle and pulling in the clutch. Taking steps in the correct order is part of being mindful. Maybe we'd like to be further along in our lives, schoolwork, careers, relationships, and so on, but we need to accept where we are and not get ahead of ourselves. I thought I might have gotten ahead of myself when I bought my first street bike. My husband, who's been riding for almost 40 years, insisted, actually, I think he's been riding for, yeah, yeah about 40 years. <laughs> my husband, who has been riding for almost 40 years, insisted that if I wanted to learn to ride a motorcycle, I should start on a dirt bike. He felt that I should spend a year on a Kawasaki KX85 that I'd bought on Craigslist before buying a street bike. However, I have no patience. I wanted to skip the dirt bike and go right to the street bike. I thought by buying a motorcycle with an automatic transmission would help me learn to ride faster. Yet, the electric motorcycle I bought, like every motorcycle, has its own challenges. Even though it had an automatic transmission, I still had to learn to master other skills to be able to ride my Zero S electric instead of working with what's right in front of me. And now I'm dealing with the anxiety of worrying about the next time I get on my motorcycle. But when I'm being mindful on the motorcycle, my thoughts do not have a chance to scare me. I'm not reminding myself of the three or more times I drop my motorcycle. Impatience and hypervigilance can lead to impulsiveness. Impulsiveness is the opposite of mindfulness. Growing up with a schizophrenic mother, the present was something I wanted to get away from as soon as possible. I dream of the future, but had no real process or plan for how to get there. So instead, I'd get ahead of myself and try to escape the present by living in the future that I hadn't set a foundation for yet. Even with this book, I started sending out my book proposal before I'd finished my manuscript. I was thinking it would take agents months to get back to me. But a big agent got back to me in less than 24 hours. He asked me for my manuscript, and I'd realized I'd met an opportunity that I wasn't prepared for. So if we practice mindfulness and start living in the present, it can really help ease our anxiety about the future. It can really just ease anxiety, and I'm talking about even the immediate future. Like if I'm focused on riding my motorcycle instead of thinking about how I dropped it in the past or worrying that I'm going to ride it off into a ditch in the future, that's not living in the present and that just creates more anxiety. Sometimes right now, quote unquote, legitimately sucks. So I'm not going to tell you that living in the present is always calm and blissful. Sometimes it's not appropriate to feel happy and we just have to make peace with our current situation even when our current situation blows. So we need to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And we also need to know when it's time to ask for help. There's a big difference between a case of the blues and clinical depression. And there's a misconception that people who are depressed just need to be more grateful about what they have. A person with clinical depression cannot just snap out of it. Clinical depression is not caused by a lack of gratitude. So just remember to always respect your limits and boundaries. Be patient with yourself and your limits. Understand that you might need help. You can't always just snap out of it when you're struggling. And don't fear that you'll be in this place forever. All states are temporary. Our lives are always in flux. So if you need therapy, get therapy. If you need a psychiatrist, get a psychiatrist. 
meditate, run, do yoga, find something to help you stay present. Ultimately, there is more than one way to find your way out of a mental health crisis. Sometimes there's a lot of trial and error involved. Everyone's path to serenity is different, so keep trying until you find something that works. And practice mindfulness and just don't give up. So I hope our little talk about mindfulness has been helpful for you. My name is Leslie Reyes. I'm the author of The Zen of Learning to Ride a Motorcycle, which is available in paperback, Kindle, and it's also available on audiobook. So I hope that you will join me next month when I talk about my Zen motorcycle habit number nine, which is practice good habits often and commit yourself to the process. And I look forward to talking again with you soon.